good you're looking good we are saying we we are saying thank you today that's what we're doing we're saying thank you to Jesus for uh, what's happened in this last year we're saying thank you to Jesus that we're alive we're saying thank you to Jesus that we've got smiles on our face we're well enough to be here this morning there's great people around us why don't you turn to someone on your left or right and just say I'm grateful today reading in Romans chapter 1, I think it was last night, that thankfulness actually opens up, but it brings life to your imagination. And uh, so thankfulness is really, really important. I was reading this, and I want to read it to you from 1 Timothy chapter 4. It says, The Spirit makes it clear that as time goes on, oh, it starts with a downer. The Spirit makes it clear that as time goes on, some of you are going to give up on the faith and chase after demonic illusions put forth by professional liars. You need to look at someone around you now and go, let that not be you. 
Oh, you've got to have more enthusiasm than that. Come on, you're going to save someone by saying that. Let that not be you. Come on. Then it carries on and it says, These liars have lied so well and for so long that they've lost the capacity for truth. They will tell you not to get married. They will. I'm telling you to get married. I was going to say, put your hand up if you want to get married, but don't. That's really tacky. Don't do it. They'll tell you not to eat this or eat that food. It's perfectly good food because God created it to be eaten heartily and with thanksgiving by Christians. I like that. That even means that if you're coming to the volunteers' thank you lunch after our gathering this morning, you can eat KFC with no conscience whatsoever. Isn't that good? This is what it says. That's what it says. It says it's to be eaten heartily with thanksgiving by Christians. Then it says everything good, everything God created is good. And it's to be received with thanks. Nothing is to be sneered at or thrown out. God's Word and our prayers make everything or every item in creation holy. I like that. I like the bit that says everything is to be received with thanks. I don't know how you're feeling this morning, but I hope you're filled with thanksgiving. I hope you are filled with a sense of gratitude toward God because today is a good day. There will never be another day like today. Did you know that? Today is a good day. We are the only people on that planet that have ever got to live this day. That's a great thought. We're the only people on the planet who have ever got to live today. And I'm grateful for that. I'm really grateful for it. So Father, we come before you with thanksgiving this morning. We say thank you for the very air that we breathe. Thank you that we've all had means to get here this morning. Thank you for the people on our left and on our right. Thank you for this great city we live in. Thank you for the country that we have the privilege of calling home. Thank you for a great church family. And thank you for everything that you've purposed for us, not only today, but in the future. And Lord, the last year hasn't been easy for many people. It's had ups and downs for everybody, I'm sure but we give you thanks for another year. Thank you for using us toward your purposes. Thank you for causing us to to be a light to our city. And this morning we want to say a huge thank you to you, that you're a good, good God, that you love us, that you've made way for us to know you. So we say thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning. It is good to see you. Very, very good to see you. If you're visiting with us this morning, welcome. I trust you can uh, relax, enjoy yourself today. As I said, we uh, uh, this is Thanksgiving Sunday for us, so we want to say thank you to God for everything He's done in the past 12 months. So I invite you to join in with that and, and have a good time. It is really, really great this morning to have uh, Pastor Graham Lauritsen with us. Great that you can be here, Graham. Nice to have your son, Dan, as well. Great to have you here, Dan. So welcome, relax, make yourselves at home, and whatever will be, will be. Well, has anyone had a birthday in the last, or an anniversary in the last week? Celebration, birthday, and no one. No anniversaries, no birthday. Oh, you have to come and see us. Come on. 
Oh, Naomi's birthday and Janice. Come and stand down. No wedding anniversaries. No. Wow. That's really quiet, isn't it? There's some mums out there. Wedding anniversary. How many years? <laughs> 29 years. That's worth a clap, isn't it? That's great. Fantastic. Well, church, can we stand up? Because we want to declare God's blessing over these ones. So if you want to follow with me. Father, we thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great year. Well, a couple of things I need to bring to your attention. Next Sunday morning, so we're at 10 a.m.s from now until the new year. Okay, so no more 9, 10.30, just 10 a.m.s between now and the new year with the Christmas season. And if you normally come to the 9, today is a bit louder than it will normally be when we do our combined ones. But we're saying thank you to God and you don't do that quietly. So especially for today. So next Sunday morning, we've got the Kids Spectacular Gathering. So the kids are going to be leading the the gathering. That's why they're not even with us this morning. They're all out there rehearsing. So that is going to be fantastic. 10 a.m. here. The week after that, we get a preview of the Christmas pantomime. So that is going to be amazing. Now, we need some helpers. Next Saturday, we need some helpers to get the set of, of the pantomime from where it's been built and put together down here. So if you are willing and able and strong and you've got a little bit of time next Saturday, we just need a hand to get it from here, from there to here. And you need to see Nicole, wave your hand, Nicole. See Nicole if you can help. But we really need some helpers for that. So please, if you can do that. And even better still, if you've got a large trailer that can help with that, that would be great. But don't not help because you haven't got a trailer. We can find trailers. All good. Um, and also we need some volunteers for that, for hosting, um, for making people feel welcome as they come into this place. This is uh, our event this year to bless the community. So we really, um, we want to make people feel really welcome, make sure there's no walls up between us and the community uh, as people come and make sure they have a fantastic time. So if you want to help and be part of that on the 16th, 17th and 18th in the evenings of December, that is, that would be great to have you. Also, the Oscars, the Youth Oscars are coming up, 2nd of December. Uh, need to see the guys in the foyer if you're, if you're wanting to go to that. It'll be a great event. It's going to be a video at the end of the gathering about that, but you can watch that. Well, right now, we've got a little clip that's going to show you some of the things that have been happening throughout the last year.
run, the water's going to be rising. Why do you want it? Are you going to step in this morning? Or are you just going to stay in the shallow wind? And you're going to dabble your feet like when you were a child in the faith of God? Or are you going to start to get out a bit deeper and just start to get a bit braver and say, God, I know you got more for me. And step a little bit more so it's coming up, up to your waist. You're like, oh, it's getting a bit deeper, but I don't care because it's my God who's bringing the river, who's bringing it on. Or are you just going to jump on in and go for a big ride? I don't know about you, but the ride sounds pretty cool. <laughs> I'm not that great when it comes to water, but God is a good thing. Let's sing that the water's rising. The water is rising. Sing it out, church. Ever increasing, Let's see that again. The water's rising. The water is rising. Father, that as we declare you're moving, we can respond to that in faith. You are moving. You are moving. 
I wonder if you need healing in your body in any way at all. Why don't you come down the front here for a moment? Just take a few moments. Half our band's going to come down. They're doing so well. Half them aren't well. Come down. If you need healing in your body at all, come down the front. If you're part of the prayer teams, can you come down as well? You come in front. You can face these guys. Spread out of it, eh? There's a few people coming. So. If you need healing in your body, come down. Don't hesitate. So what we're going to do this morning is there is incredible power in thanksgiving. So if you require healing in your body, I'm simply going to ask that the the prayer team people release the power of God, the healing power of God over you. And as a recipient, all you need to do is say thank you, Jesus. Okay, That's all you need to do. You don't need to pray. You don't need to do anything. You just stand with your heart open and just say, thank you, Jesus. And receive His healing power, His healing touch. Can we pray for them too? That would be great. Thank you so much. We thank you this morning, Jesus. We thank you that you promised these things and greater shall we do. We thank you that you healed every sickness and every disease. We're subject to your command, subject to your authority. This morning, in the name of Jesus Christ, we release health, miracles, wellness. In Jesus' name, we command sickness to go, injuries to go, poor thinking to go. In Jesus' name, we say thank you, thank you, thank you. church let's don't spectate let's start to just lift a chorus of thanksgiving say thank you speak it out give him thanks he is our healer we give you thanks jesus we give you thanks this morning thank you for the past year thank you for healing thank you for miraculous power thank you for touching people's lives this morning thank you for setting people free this morning we declare freedom we declare release
thank you for your presence in this place, Lord. We open our hearts to you. We open our minds to you. Give you permission to speak to each one of us. Holy Spirit, I ask that there be a great sense of you resting on each person in this place. The weight that tends to come at the end of the year would lift off in Jesus' name. We praise you as we thank you. You've not moved, you've not changed, but we establish ourselves again under your authority as our King and our Lord. I saw you sitting there with baby on your knee and I just really felt prompted to encourage you that that fatherhood rests really well with you and actually you've got a call to fatherhood over a, a wider group of people than just your family and it's not going to just be unleashed on you though as you grow in the natural role of fatherhood God's going to do something of a spiritual role of fatherhood in you as well so I really encourage you to embrace it just let him have his way but He's made you for it. It's like going to be hand in a glove, so it's not, don't stress it. It's just a good thing. Isn't it nice to see dads in church with their babies sitting on their knees? I love that. It's awesome. awesome. Great. Well, God is good. All the time. Too right. Too right. Yeah. Well, it is really, really good to have Pastor Graham with us this morning, and uh, many of you probably, or some of you at least, will know him better than I do. And uh, I got a text or a, an email even yesterday from a, a family saying that they were away for the weekend and were upset that they were going to miss you because you were the youth pastor for them. And uh, so Graham lives in Australia these days. And I'm being very strategic having Graham with us this morning. 
because Graham is going to help us in our journey next year. He's going to walk with us and journey with us and we've got some things planned because we're really expecting in God that things are going to go to another level in what God's asked us to do and that doesn't just happen. You've got to position yourselves. You've got to, you've got to plan for that and um, Graham's going to help us in that journey so I'm really excited about that and we thought, look, for those who, who don't know Graham, we need to have him before Christmas so that his face is familiar next year. And uh, so I really encourage you to say hello to him. All of you at the same time would be a little overwhelming, so, you know. But, but say hello to him afterwards. And we're really looking forward to the journey that uh, God's going to take us on together. So, Graham, we honour you. It is fantastic to have you with us today. Why don't you come and make yourself at home? Church, can we please give him a big welcome? Well, good morning. How you doing? G'day from over the ditch. And uh, who knows me? Does anybody just, this is not the first time? Okay, good to see a few familiar faces out there. And uh, why don't everybody just right now say hello? One, two, three. Hello. Yeah, they've all fulfilled the directive of the pastor. Get that behind us. Let me just pray. Father, I ask this morning for a fresh anointing. Uh, Lord, I pray that, uh, Lord, what we share this morning isn't another message, it's not just another, uh, I guess, information session or, or, or knowledge, but Lord, there's something of the anointing, something supernatural being imparted, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is great to be here back in the Tron, and uh, kind of grew up here, went to Hamilton Boys High School, any old boys here? I got severely caned by Mr. Harry Sidney, if anybody goes back that far. And uh, the phys ed teacher, he took a running, running start at that. I remember seeing him coming when I was looking between my legs. And because uh, that's how we had to do it, we had to grab our ankles. And, uh, and I'd watch him come, and I bore the stripes, so I understand about by his stripes. But I had a few of my own back in those days. And, uh, but you know, um, I, I, I really came to Christ here in Hamilton I, back in, I think it would be 1980, a couple of uh, people doing outreach on the streets of Hamilton, uh, Mark and Marina, came and uh, interrupted me on my way uh, on a Friday night in town, and they asked me if I knew Jesus, which I, of course, said I did, and, uh, you know, we were in Christian country, and I'd, I'd grown up in a Christian home and went to, went to church. But the reality is I wasn't really uh, walking with Christ. I wasn't really a Christian at that time. And uh, so they led me to Jesus right here on the streets of Hamilton. And uh, from that time, I, I really was, was invested in the local church, uh, passionate in evangelism. And uh, good to see Leah and Beryl over there. And uh, they know what those years were like. And I used to have my little white box. I used to take into Garden Place, really as a brand new Christian. I didn't wait a long time. And I would... I wrote, I wrote the box. It was an old nail box, if you can remember what they looked like. And I would stand up on it in Garden Place, and I'd do my Ray Comfort impersonation. Prince, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. <laughs> kind of put the whole thing through. And, and uh, we were part of outreach teams and outreaches. And, and just really for probably four or five years, just passionately involved in evangelism here in Hamilton and beyond. And uh, we did the Wangamata outreaches and the Mount Wanganui outreaches and all that kind of stuff that you do. I remember one time we were doing an outreach in Garden Place and uh, all of us, yeah, a whole bunch of us from the Go team, there you go, words for the Go team there, and uh, gospel outreach team and full time for six months. 
And uh, there was this big explosion right there in Garden Place. It was like a, a radiator of a vehicle had exploded, and this guy had burns all over him, and they grabbed him, and they took him over to the fountains there and throwing water on him. And there were these two girls on our team. And uh, I did not name them this morning, but um, one was really, really tall and, and one not so tall. And, um, and uh, they rushed to the scene. And, and you've got all these people that are, that are putting water on this guy, trying, and they lay hands on him right there, right in the middle of Garden Place. They begin to cry out in tongues, you know, and they're shouting in tongues, Lord Jesus. This was the moment where the miracle was going to take place. And, and I'm kind of watching from a distance. I was bold, but I wasn't as bold as these guys. And as they're crying out in tongues and praying and believing God, a loudspeaker came on and says, you've just seen a demonstration from the St. John's ambulance on what to do. And, and I actually even noticed that the scars were kind of falling off the guy. They're popping them back on him as the water. And you should have, these two girls, like, you've never seen anybody kind of just shrink out of garden place. So uh, anyway, interesting times. But this morning, I, I want to share with you in two parts. This morning, I'm going to, I want to share with you a little bit of a theology, a little bit of a, a teaching around a revelation that, that I feel like God has given me, not just for you today, but I think for this next season of the church. For me, this is an incredibly significant moment. Um, the reason I say that, I've been full-time in ministry, full-time on staff in churches for 32 years, and uh, just recently, I've handed my church over uh, I'm no longer on staff anywhere. I feel like God gave me a revelation uh, that began. I'm going to share this with you in a moment, about six years ago. And uh, as I've walked through that, I've just handed my church over. I'm unemployed, believing God to partner with a few churches and just come alongside. And, and I, I, I just believe that God is about to do something. I'm incredibly excited about what I'm going to share with you. And you are the first church for me to share this with. So how cool is that? Isn't that cool? So this morning, I'm going to share with you the teaching, and then tonight, um, look, if you can make it, it'd be great to see you, because I believe that something supernatural is going to take place tonight. Uh, my, my belief is that there will be a, a spirit, a fresh spirit of Pentecost, a fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit that's going to birth something new, not only with us, but I believe globally. I just, I'm just excited. I think this is something that is just on me. I believe that God is doing something fresh that we're part of. So, uh, so we're going to do that tonight. I want to go back with you to, to 2010, about six years ago. Can I just grab my water bottle there? And, uh, you know, I operate on water and uh, then sometimes don't quite make it to the end of my message and have to cut it short to run to the men's because <laughs> I'm getting old. <sighs> oh, there you go. Thank you. Um, sorry about, you know, I, I'm often inappropriate. It just, it's just part of my personality and I say things and spend most of Sunday afternoons regretting what I said on a Sunday morning, thinking, did I really say that? But um, in 2010, it, it, was, it had been the end of a very difficult season. Uh, actually, it wasn't the end, to be honest. It was, it was probably the middle of a difficult season that went on after that particular time. But um, it was a time we'd been really, we're quite jaded. Um, some of you know our family situation and, and some things that happened with my dear dad, who who uh, some things happened, and he ended up going to prison, and uh, in fact, just died this week. He had the funeral on Thursday, just a few days ago, as he passed away, and I've got my lovely mum here in the service today. So, so about 2010, it was, it was like we were just so jaded, and uh, um, I'd been the pastor of a church in Dunedin at that time for 15 years called Nations, and uh, things had gone quite well, and I was preaching on a Sunday morning from this passage 
in Isaiah 55, verse 12, it says, You shall go out with joy and led forth in peace, and the mountains and the hills will burst into song before you, and all the trees of the field will clap their hands. And it goes on to talk about the blessing, the fruitfulness that is coming. And I was sharing with our church that, that God was going to bring them into a new season and a season of fruitfulness. You're going to be led into this thing. And I shared this message, and I was driving home after the service, and this message just came back to me. You shall go out with joy and be led forth in peace. And God spoke to me and said, I'm going to take you out. This is it. You're... Now, now, for me, it was a shock because I believed that I would be in Dunedin until my dying day. I, I was one of those pastors who said, I'm here. Uh, I'm not leaving. I'm going to put my roots down by the plot. I'm just going to be there. But immediately, God said, your time's up. And I looked over to my wife, Sharon. I said, you know, it, we're done. Just, just knew, we're done. It's, it's over. We're moving on. A whole bunch of stuff happened, but... But um, around that time, I was reading from Acts chapter 13 in my devotions and praying, God, what are you doing? What's this whole thing about? And it says, then Paul and Barnabas answered them boldly. We had to speak the word of God to you first. In other words, their, their first message was to the church. It goes on, since you reject it, do not consider yourself worthy of eternal life. He said, we now turn to the Gentiles. And as soon as I read that passage, we now turn to the Gentiles. I felt like God said to me, Graham, I want you to turn to the Gentiles. In a sense, you've been ministering to the church, you've been leading the church, you've been blessing the church, you've been pastoring the church, but from this time, I want you to turn to the Gentiles. And that began a bit of a season in our lives when, when uh, we, we, we handed over the church, we brought in a new leader, we made sure there was a good pastor, and it was a, it was a challenging time. We drove out of town not knowing what God was going to do. We just drove out, we said, God, our time is up, we will no longer do this, now it's up to you to lead us to the next season. And uh, we came here because all we felt like was we could come home. And, and uh, so we came to Hamilton for a while. We went out to uh, Raglan and we stayed in a little chalet there with uh, the Ormsby's. For those that know Kevin and Shelley, they put us up for a few months. And uh, we had no income. We had no jobs. We had no future. It was just like turn to the Gentiles. So, uh, so that began a bit of a season of what does this mean? And uh, over that season, I... I uh, had a call. I've got a good friend. Some of you may know Pastor Danny Gugliamucci. And uh, he said, Graham, I've just taken on a church in Melbourne, and I don't have any of my leaders to go there and transition. I want you to come for a year and transition that church for us. So, so we went there, and we spent a year just working with the church and helping him and praying about what it meant to turn to the Gentiles. And it ended up being 18 months. And then we sort of thought, God, how do we do this? What do we do? We're kind of thinking, do we plant something? Do we, we had no idea. We got another phone call from a, quite a large church in, in, in Melbourne whose pastor was burnt out and very unwell. He said, can you look after it for six months? So we went there and ended up in two years. And, and just this whole thing, it was kind of like, what is this? So, all that to say, eventually, we found ourselves landed in a church called Faith Church in, in, in Melbourne. And, and uh, we, we had a, a thing, we were kind of folded in there. And uh, we really praying. All we knew, the pastor, a guy called Matt Hines, and, and, uh, and we just knew that God had brought us together. And he said, Graham, I'll just put you on my team. You can come on my team. And, and, uh, you know, as, you know, and I said, no, that's not, that's not it. That's not it. And eventually, just recently, we came to the conclusion that God's, he just called us together. Uh, he's, he's my pastor. It's my home church. But uh, I'm really going to be based here for a season and to see what God does. So we just left. We've left. We said, God, just show us what this means and, and how this takes place. So, so I want to share with you a little bit about what's taken place over that, that six-year period and how we've come to this place to step out and say, God, we're ready. 
to equip the church. In a sense, we're ready to turn the church to the Gentiles. God has turned my heart towards the Gentiles. Now it's time to turn the church towards the Gentiles. So I want to begin, let's go back to Acts chapter 1, and we're going to start talking a little bit about the day of Pentecost, where Jesus is speaking to his disciples. And he said to them, You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We know so much of these passages, and a lot of what I'm going to share with you, there, there could be a temptation to think, you know what, we've heard all these messages before, we've heard all, but I want to bring something fresh this morning. Jesus is speaking to his disciples, and he's literally saying, and if you go back a few verses, not many days from now, something is about to take place. The promise of the Father is about to be released upon you. You will receive power. Something supernatural is going to take place. And out of that experience, you will be my witnesses in Hamilton, the Waikato, New Zealand, even Australia, right through to the ends of the earth. But there's something that's going to take place first. In fact, in Luke 24, 49, Jesus said, tarry for that. Wait, tarry in Jerusalem until you are clothed in Jude. Basically filled with this power that's coming your way. So the early church, they did that. They, they began to pray. They waited. No one was getting saved. Just think about that. No one was getting saved. No one was being added to the church. It was just the church waiting and praying for God to do this thing that had been promised. And then, of course, in Acts chapter 2, on the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. That's why it's important to come to church and meet together in one place because that's where the suddenlies happen. That's where the suddenly is about to happen here at Activate. I'm, I, I'm believing that. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven. Man, can I say, there's a suddenly coming. There is a suddenly coming. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven and the roaring of a mighty windstorm, and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present, everyone say everyone. Everyone, everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit. And can I just say again, and everyone, say everyone, everyone, everyone present began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running, and they were bewildered to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be, they explained. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in their own native languages. Here we are, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, people from Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, the, the province of Asia, Phrygia, Tramphilia, Egypt, the areas of Libya, around everywhere. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. Let's just review this. Everyone's present. Suddenly, God turns up. Everyone's filled with the Holy Spirit. Everybody is filled with power. Everybody is touched. Listen, there is a move of God coming, which is an everyone move of God. There is a day of Pentecost coming that will usher in a new season where everyone will be touched. You won't be sitting there thinking, wow, look at all those people on the altar call. Wow, they really get into No, no, everyone. From the front to the back, right through into the children's era, everyone. So everyone 
is filled with the Holy Spirit. But then it goes on, and everyone began to speak in different languages. Everyone. Now, now listen, I understand in, 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 our, in our theology, in our teaching, we talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and the initial evidence of the Holy Spirit, and, 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 and speaking in tongues. And, and so often in the past, and, and I've been around a long time, you know, for those that know me, and so often we say, let's pray for people for the baptism of the Holy Spirit until, until they speak in tongues. And, and, and it's like, that's the destination. You've got it, you've got it, you've got it, you've got it. Oh, look how many have been filled with the Holy Spirit speaking with tongues. And I think that's kind of cool, but that was not what Jesus said would be the evidence. Jesus said that you are going to receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, which included the speaking of other languages, and then you will be witnesses. So the evidence didn't finish right here. The evidence didn't finish when people began to have this ability to speak with languages. The evidence finished when they got outside the walls and began to speak to the community. That was the evidence of the Holy Spirit coming. And this is why I say we call ourselves Pentecostals, but we're satisfied with speaking in tongues behind closed doors and not speaking the languages of the many nations behind our walls. So, so I think that God is going to restore Pentecost. He's going to restore a move of God where everyone will be filled with the Holy Spirit and everybody will receive a language. Now, just imagine that you're there on this day. Imagine it's taking place. And you're in the room and the presence of God comes and we're all filled with the Holy Spirit. and It's totally exciting. We all get outside and there's crowds around the building wondering what's going on. And as you're outside... You find a bunch of people from Mesopotamia. Just happen to be out there. And you happen to start talking to them. And all these Mesopotamians, they're hanging on every word that you say. And, and before long, you actually realize you're not even speaking your own language. You're sharing Jesus and your English words are coming out of your brain, but Mesopotamians coming out of your mouth. And as you speak, they're hanging on every word. And listen, they just get it. When you talk about the wonderful works of God, they just get it. You think, this is amazing. And the fact that you know that you don't naturally speak their native language, and they're hanging on every word, you're thinking, this is supernatural. This is supernatural. Listen, God, I believe, is bringing a new Pentecost to the church where everybody is filled with his power, but everybody can speak a language. And you might be a dottery little old lady, not like my mum, because I wouldn't be that mean to say something like that with her here today. I'd say daughtery young lady if I was talking about my mum. But you could be a daughtery old lady and you walk out and find a bunch of skateboarders and start talking to them about Jesus and they get every word and they hang on every word and they say, you just got to tell us more. We, we get it when you speak. We get it when you speak. You see, that's what it means to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. This isn't a, don't speak in, Paul said, I speak in tongues more than you all. So don't, don't misunderstand me. But, but wouldn't it be great if you found yourself speaking a language that you didn't get, you didn't understand, you'd never spoken to a skateboarder before? Because one thing you've got to understand is, is that each cultural group have a language all of their own. I've been hanging out a bit with a bunch of tradies lately. i got no idea what they're on about. They're having a great laugh. I'm thinking, I didn't, I didn't get that. 
Everyone has their own cultural language. But, but what happens is that when the church is truly released, they begin to speak a language that they've never learned. So I guess my question would be, who's your tribe? Who's your tribe? You know, when uh, we first went to Dunedin, and it's really since God is beginning to, I guess, make this clearer in my own world, I'm beginning to think of some of the things that have taken place. When we went to Dunedin, there was a, a, a little group of people that was from the community. They weren't from our church. Our, our, our church was right across the road from an old people's area, and there were lots of elderly around our building. And uh, the, the previous pastor had been uh, writing a, a thing called the Golden Age, we're all the elderly from the community. There's only about 25. They'd come in, they'd play indoor bowls and have a lunch together. Every Wednesday morning, uh, it would be golden age. And uh, I went out with him on one of them, and you know he knew how to whistle, the whistles of birds, and they all loved him. You know? And I'd, I'd come out of the youth scene. I'd been you know, the youth leader and the youth pastor and youth alive director and all that kind of thing. I just can't do this. So this, this couple, this older couple, Lindsay and Lois, they came to me and said, Pastor Graham, we, we would like to continue the golden age, would you run it? Would you continue to do this? And I said, listen, I'm not sure that I can do that. But, but I think you could do it. So what I want is you guys run this golden age ministry. But here's what, because I'm a bit of an evangelist, once a month, the first Wednesday of every month, we'll make it a church service. We'll get an old piano out, we'll play hymns. I learned the piano just so I could do it. So I got out and I, I got my guitar and I figured out the chords and I transferred the chords to the piano and I just played chords, you know. And we did Amazing Grace. And I said, we'll, we'll, we'll play hymns, and then we'll share Jesus. It'll be a 30-minute service, and we'll see how it goes. So, so we started to do this. We, we took the gospel, and, and, and I guess what I was trying to figure out, along with Lindsay and Lois, is can I speak the language of the elderly? Well, this thing went crazy. It, it, it went for 15 years. And, and you know what? We started to see miracles taking place in those little church services. We say to all these old people, anybody got any aches and pains? <laughs> come and sit on the front row. And, and amazing, all these non-Christian elderly people would come and sit on the front row, and we'd all kneel before them and pray for them and love them and serve them, and people were getting healed of cancer and aches and pains and arthritis, and God was doing some amazing things. But, but it just got, it got weirder and weirder. There was this one guy there. His, his name was Ray Hand. And I always remember his name because his hands were just filled with tobacco. They were kind of all yellow. And, and he used to go and he would say to me, Graham, he says, you'll never get me to your church service. I'll come to the other activity. You will I haven't been a religious man. He was probably about 75. I've, been, I've never been religious in my life. I'll never come to your church service. Well, after about two to three years, I noticed he was in one of the services. And I'm having him on. I say, ah, looks like I got you here. Right? Oh, yeah, but I'll never become a Christian. I'm just coming to, to see what you do here, you know. And, uh, and then eventually, maybe a few months later, I, I, we had a, 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 um, a, 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 an altar call. Every service, we'd ask people who want to give their lives to Jesus and raise your hand, and he'd put his hand up. Yeah, you know, got ya, you know. <laughs> so so he, he received Jesus. It, you know, this took a long time, but you've got to understand this. When you are, are speaking the language, when you realize that God has supernaturally given you a language for a community, you'll spend your life pursuing them. It's not hard anymore. Your heart swells with joy every time you speak to them. And Lindsay and Lois were just committed. All I had to do was turn up and run a church service. So, so he gave his life to Jesus, and then he transferred to our Sunday service, which was a bit more noisy, got baptized. And one day, 
and, and this was kind of around the time he got saved. He was walking through the foyer of our building, and I just bought this really cool leather jacket. Really cool leather jacket. And, uh, and he, he looked at me, he said, oh, Pastor Gray, he's a bit of a character. I reckon that jacket would look pretty good on me. So I said, so, well, let's find out. And he's going, oh, you know. So I took my jacket off and I put it on. And I said, Ray, you're right. That jacket looks great on you. It's yours. And, and he just began to tear up thinking, wow, you know, this is kind of crazy, you know. Really? Yeah, yes. Yeah, so, you know that probably for the next two and a half, three years before he passed away, he never took the jacket off except to sleep. He would be walking up and down South Dunedin. Everyone would see him with his cool jacket. We had the funeral. We opened the, the pulpit and said, hey, anybody want to come and share anything about Ray? And, and all these old people, they were lining up. And every one of them got up. Oh, every time we met Ray, he was in the pub talking about the jacket. The jacket. You know, and how a pastor, he said it was the first time anybody had given him anything. And you know, can I just say, the joy of finding the I had no idea that I could speak elderly. Man, I was hip and cool, you know. I had no idea. It, this thing grew to about 100 people. We had so many people. Of, we had, I reckon, personally, that we saw more people saved in our golden age than we did our youth. And over the period of 15 years that I was there, not one person in that community died without first receiving Jesus. Not one. They all gave their lives to Christ. Just incredible. <laughs> I, got a, I got a phone call one day, and, um, and it was from the hospice. There was a man there dying of cancer. And uh, they just said, look, the, the, this man has just asked that he could speak with the pastor of the church. So I turned up there, and this guy, his name was Terry, and uh, he had been uh, with the Navy. He'd never married. Uh, he was dying of cancer. And he said, you know, he says, um, I would walk past your church, and I'd see that golden age thing. And, and I, I, I never went in. He says, I was just too shy. But I always knew that if I did, I'd find God there. Just I was just drawn to the I never ever came in. But, um, but he said, but here I am. He says, listen, I've told me I only have a few days. So uh, I want you to tell me about Jesus. So, so I, I shared the whole gospel with him, talked about how Jesus died for his sins and how you know, repentance, faith, the whole deal. And, uh, and I said, look, would you like to make your peace with God? Would you like Jesus to become your Lord and Savior? And he said, yes, I would. So I sat there and I, you know, I, I'd learned to speak elderly. It was supernatural. You've got to understand, this is supernatural. I led him to Jesus. Then I, I said, look, I'll be back tomorrow. So I come back the next day, and I said, how are you going? He says, he says oh, Pastor, he says, unbelievable. He was dying. I said, he said, you won't believe what's happening. I said, well, what's happening? He says, every morning, Jesus walks through that door, sits on the stool, and talks with me. I said, what do you mean he walks in the door and he talks to you? I mean, I was getting a bit jealous right now. Thinking, <laughs> when he comes tomorrow, there's a few things, questions I've been thinking about. Could you ask? You know? No, I didn't say that. He said, yeah, he, says, it's just, he just comes in and he sits maybe sometimes for a couple of hours and he just talks with me. And then, then the next day, he passes away. And uh, so I, it was really interesting. So I, I, get, I get called by the family. The family says, now, Pastor Graham, you, you have to run our service, the funeral service, uh, because, because Terry's put that in his instructions. You have to be the person that leads the funeral service. That's no, fine. He says, but one thing you need to understand, he says, we are not a religious family. Terry was not a religious man his entire life, and this will not be a religious funeral. I said, I'm fine with that. I'm not that religious myself. <laughs> but I said, can I, do you mind if I just do one thing? Sure. He said, well, the first time I met Terry, he asked me a few questions about God, and I gave him a few answers, and he prayed a prayer. Would it be okay with you guys 
just to honor him, to share with you what he asked and what I told him and what he did. Oh, that's fine as long as it's not religious. <laughs> ah, it's good by me, you know. So, so we have the funeral, and, and I get up there and I share, hey, this is what Terry said, and he, he, he asked me there, and he asked me about God, and he asked me to share about Jesus, and this is what I shared with him, and I talked to him about him in my father's house through many rooms, and I've gone to a place to prepare for you, and talked about how he is alive, the resurrection, and, how, and then, then he, I asked him if he would like to receive Jesus, and, and he said yes, so I asked him if he'd like to pray a prayer, and he said yes, so this is the prayer that we prayed together, dear Lord Jesus. Nice. <laughs> Nothing religious, you know. But you see, you see, the thing is, because a couple called Lindsay and Lois had been filled with the Holy Spirit and found that they spoke the language of the elderly, things just started to take place. So, so we shared this whole thing. And then, I, then the family started to get up. So this guy would get out there, right? And he'd, he'd get out there and he says, Hi, my name's Mike. I'm Terry's brother. I visited him yesterday, and, or the other day, and, and I walked in. And as I sat with him, he said, Oh, hi, Mike. He says, Just to let you know, Jesus is sitting here on the chair. Jesus, this is Mike. Mike, this is Jesus. <laughs> And one after the other, all the family members got up and, and, and were introduced to Jesus. And they just thought he was mad. They just thought he was crazy. So, so we got through this, this funeral service, and everyone loved it. Thank you that it wasn't a religious service, Pastor. It's all, it's all good. It's all good. A few days later, we had the unveiling of, of the, the plaque. They said, can you come? And, and you know, we're going to just, sure. So all the family are there, and they're all kind of, we're not religious, Pastor. That's good. good. No problem. I'm not religious either. I said to the mum, how would you guys like it? Just to honor the plaque we, we, this year. I think it'd be appropriate for us to all hold hands around, around the plaque and, and just ask God to receive your, you know, your brother into heaven. You know? Oh, yeah, that'd be cool. Nothing religious, of course. <laughs> so here I am with this non-religious family because of an elderly man who got drawn to the golden age, which was the language of Lindsay and Lois, standing around a grave saying, God, I just pray that you'd receive you know, our, our brother you know, Terry into heaven and we pray for all the family here now that they will have a revelation of Jesus and that they will one day meet him there in heaven and you'll all be together and everyone's going, yeah, yeah, mm, amen. You know? <laughs> i never seen the family again, honestly. But I have no doubt that because Lindsay and Lois found their language, this thing's just continuing. It's supernatural. You see, this, this, this is why God needs for us to, uh, to find our tribe. Just to find your tribe. You know, even if you didn't do anything else, but just look for them when you go out. We, we had another, as this started to unfold, there was a young man called Vivekananthan Supramanian from Malaysia. He was a Malaysian student at our university. And he said, Pastor, would it be okay with you if I start to, to, to offer food on campus uh, for the international students? He said, I really, really want to start reaching our international students. So I said, no, that's fine. So uh, we'd go down there and we'd put on a big barbecue on a Saturday morning and just hundreds, they just came from everywhere. We called it Hope on Campus. And uh, we just started to love these guys and, and, uh, and they started to build community and get to know all the international students. And eventually we pretty well knew every international student on Otago University. And um, there was a girl who was one of our Christian girls called Justina, and she wanted to get baptized. And uh, she came and said to me, Pastor, I want to get baptized, but my family are Buddhist, and they, they won't allow me. My father won't give me permission, but what do you think? Should I get baptized anyway? Now, hard question, you know. And I just said, you know what? I, I feel the right thing is to wait for permission. I said, it's going to honor your dad, and, it's, and, and God will understand. So, so about a year later, it was her 21st birthday, and her father calls her, says, Justine, they're very wealthy, very wealthy. 
said, Justina, you can have anything you like for your birthday. New car, house, anything. She said, Dad, I only want one thing. Would you allow me to be baptized? So he gave that as a gift. So, so, so the family all fly over for the baptism service. And we're having this baptism service and the pool's at the front. And one of these young men that had been going to Hope on campus for a feed was a, a young fellow by the name of Ridwan. Now, Ridwan was a colonel in the Singaporean army and no one is the most devout Muslim on campus. But he came because he had been fed, he had been reached, somebody had learned the language. And, he, and, and I, so I'm saying, okay, everyone, who wants to come on up and get up close and see this thing happen? So, so he comes up and he's like this, you know. And he's standing at the end of the pool. I'm thinking, oh, we've got one here, you know, it's going to be interesting. I don't even know who he was. So, so, so we you know, do the thing and the family there, all the Buddhas, the whole deal. Praying for Justina, who had honored God. You know, honored, honored God by honoring her father. So, so down she goes into the waters, and as she comes up, I, I notice out the corner of my eye, this guy, Ridwan, went pale as a ghost, just went white as a sheet. His hands dropped. It's kind of, he was literally like this. And, and I thought, don't know what that's about. Have the baptisms, everyone sits down to get up and share the gospel. You know, here's a demonstration of what it is to become a Christian. You die to your old life and resurrection. You live in a new life, a faith in the Son of God, and you renounce everything. Who wants to give their life to Jesus? Red one. I'm thinking, I just didn't explain that very well. <laughs> so I preached the gospel again. This time it was on repentance and renouncing every other religion, every other God, and giving only Jesus, only. Who wants to give that? Red one. So he kind of comes up and... Uh, he, and and he, he sees a sinner's prayer, tears just running down his face. Total, total transformation. A few days later, I get a phone call from some of the guys running Hope on campus. Pastor, did you hear what happened? I said, no. He said, said, well, Ridwan had come up to mock and to ridicule what was going on. And, and Justina went under the water in baptism. And Ridwan came up. He was... He was looking at himself in the pool, worshipping God. It was no longer Justina. It was crazy, man. I'm thinking, whoa. You know, no, 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 no. <laughs> but two months later, he got, the vision was fulfilled. He was baptized. At that time, <coughs> we had every morning, <coughs> early morning prayer meetings in Dunedin in the winter. Started at 7 o'clock. Ridwan was living on the other side of town at the university. And he walked every morning to be at the prayer meeting. Just shamed us all. Because, because somebody, and, and you know, you, you talk to these people now, you talk to Justina and Vivek and Anthem, they, they were, their hearts swelled with joy as they spoke the language of those that they had been empowered to speak. I could just share so many experiences of this. <clears throat> um, since we've been in, in Melbourne and serving churches, we've been doing these things. We've had a shed. I think there's actually some photos up here. What, what have we got? Just, can we go to the next screen? That's the golden age. That's, that's how it kind of grew. And, and uh, then the next one, um, that's Hope on Campus. Hope on Campus actually became Cityside Congregation. For us, it became a church. Uh, the next one, um, while we're in Melbourne, we, we actually started to run communities for people. This was the boardroom. We would get business people in and, and get speakers in and begin to serve them and love them. The next one is the, uh, the shed. 
I had a guy that opened a men's shed, and we just began to raise up people that could speak languages, that could say, you know, I speak the language of men. Can I open my shed up? And we'd have this thing going on. So these sort of things started to take place. Um, what was kind of crazy is, is I needed office space. And so I went to this place where they, a really flash place. Actually, I didn't think I'd be able to afford to get in. It was a place where they, they literally had these big corporate offices, and you can go in and you can rent an office by the hour or, or a room by the hour, or you can just plug in a computer and do a hot desk and stuff like that. So, um, so I'm, I'm, I went and saw this guy, and we're sitting in the room. And I said to him, you know, I'd love to you know, maybe get an office here. What's the deal? And we started talking. He said, what sort of thing do you do? And I said, well, we're kind of starting this community thing where we're trying to really touch communities and, and help communities and be a blessing to communities. Wasn't doing it on a Christian basis. But after about five minutes, he just looks at me. He says, you're a Christian, right? And I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. Guilty as charged, you know. He said, yeah, so am I. He said, I'm an ex-pastor. But he said, while I was pastoring, God, God gave me a word that I could speak the language of business people. So I resigned my church, and he said, I'm doing this now. He says, I'm setting up buildings where we gather in the owners of small business and we share space. And he said, my dream is to put a smile on the heart of every small business person. And, and he started to do this thing, and, and he, it was literally, he was saying, he nearly fell off his seat when I shared with him our vision, because he said, you know, he says, I've just received the language of small business people. This business that he started has gone unbelievable. He, he will very soon have 5,000 small business owners meeting across Melbourne. He's, had, he's had, had companies like, I don't know if you know Melbourne very well, but there's a shopping centre there, the largest shopping centre uh, in, in, in Australia called Chadston. There's this big David Jones store. Above it, there's 5,000 square metres of office space. And they've actually paid him to come and run his shared office space in there. Millions. Said, here's a check, come and set up with us. They had another place where there's 40 high-rise buildings being put into a whole new industrial park in one of the most growing areas of Melbourne. These people came to him and he said, we will give you a whole building to run out of, state-of-the-art, and anybody that comes to us wanting less than 500 square meters space, we'll send them to you. It's like this thing's just gone crazy. He's been pursued all over Melbourne because he's done this thing so well. So, so what happens is, is he, uh, so I just said, no, I'll serve you. So I'll just serve you. No, no charge. I don't ask for a job. I'm just going to serve you. So, so what he does is every second week, he, he, he's, he's bleeding for 5,000. And he thought that God gave him a word from, from the feeding of the 5,000 to put them into groups of 50 and feed them. So every second week, you can be part of one of the, the, uh, the communities of 50 where you get training. You get training on vision and values and marketing and all the strategies to build a great business because he wants these small businesses to all become large businesses and he wants to bless them, put a smile on the heart of every small business owner. He believes that if you can prosper small businesses, you can prosper the city and then prosper the nation. That's his dream. And, and so I'm, I'm, I'm starting to assume. He said, Graham, he said, I need to start speaking. So now none of these small business owners, they don't know I'm a preacher. They don't know I'm a pastor. So I come in there and they say, now, now we, we need you to speak on how to get a vision for your business, how to have a dream, how to make a mission. So I'm in there, I'm talking about what were you born for? You know, what is it that, that's in your heart? What are you being placed on the planet to do? You know, how do you find that out? And then we talk about values. And I talk about, hey, you know, guys, you know, if you can become more valuable as a person and have great values, you become more valuable to the marketplace. And how do you, how do you build that? And this whole thing. And, and these guys are just hanging. And, you know, I figured out, you know, I speak the, the language of small business owners. I didn't even know. 
and I go to these things every second week now, and, and, and he's kind of said, let's just build this partners. He wants me all the time. I said, like, I can't be here all the time. He said, no, no. He said, we're, we're, we're called my son Daniel over here. He, he said, let's employ him too. So, he, so, so we're just loving small business owners, and God's making this a multi, multi-million dollar business simply because this guy's been filled with the Holy Spirit and speaks the language of small business owners. There, there, there's so much as God wants to restore our heart for people. I want, to, I want to draw to a close. Just a few months ago, I just got so passionate to speak to lost people. You've you got to understand, you know, I, I've been a pastor for 32 years. I, I, I understand what it's like. I've put down the wrong color carpet in the church. I've had colored lights and the music's even been too loud. Just sometimes. Sometimes. I've known people that have left churches over the coffee machine. I'm telling you, you know, I, I understand what it's like. And, and I start to think, you know what? If, if we don't go to battle outside the walls, we tend to battle within them. And, and I've got this incredible passion for what would happen if we were filled again with the Holy Spirit and found our tribe. So I tried this thing. I thought, you know what? I started a website called My Monday Mentor. And I was taking all the stuff that we were teaching in the business group. And I said, what if every Monday morning I could send out a three-minute video on a key principle to live a significant life and not make a question? Just do it for the lost. Just for the lost. Talk about values and visions and dreams and health and wealth and wellness. And, and, and you know. I thought, you know, I'm going to give this thing a shot. So I started this website called My Monday Mentor, and, and now I've got different people. I've got Ian Green speaks on it for us, and different, different speakers and people that I know that can speak to the lost and speak in their language. So every Monday morning, we just send out this, this two to three minute video on what we call one of the seven pillars of living extraordinary life. Let's see how this thing went. Do you know, we, we launched, what, two to three months ago? So far, we have 21 people. 21,000 people engaging with that. And do you know where they come from? The average is an 18 to 24-year-old Muslim male from either Pakistan or Indonesia. And, and all these guys just engaging. Tell us how to run a great business. You know, can I just say to you, sometimes we're so busy trying to go straight to faith that we forget to go straight to love. We forget to share love and then hope and then faith. I, I believe that with all my heart. My whole passion in reaching people is faith, hope, and love in, in, in reverse. Start loving people, then give them some hope in their world. And I'm telling you what, love plus hope leads to faith. So thousands, thousands of people are now just, it's just incredible to be able to say, God, there's a new thing happening. There's a new day coming. Send out the Holy Spirit. Send forth your presence. What would happen if you found your tribe? What would happen if you were filled with the Holy Spirit and found you could speak in other languages, not just in prayer, but that someone got what you said? I want to encourage you this morning. I, 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 can I just say this? I was so discouraged. How many ever knew me back in the day when I used to do the street stuff and get out there and preach and stuff? Do you know what? For the first four years that I preached on the street, I didn't see one person receive Jesus. Not one. 
I remember one time I, I went to Mount Monganui. I'm going I'm to close. I am going to finish. I was at Mount Monganui on New Year's Eve. Anybody know what Mount Monganui was like on New Year's Eve in those days? And I took my little white box and I stood on it right outside the sound shell and preached about Jesus. I had bottles thrown at me. I had beer poured over my head. I was laughed at. No one got saved. I'm pretty discouraged about it all. Man, I am the most unsuccessful evangelist the world has ever seen. Probably about 10 years later, I'm in, in Dunedin, and there's a new pastor, a guy called Pastor Mike Griffiths. Some of you may know him. He's now the head of Elam. As far as I understand, he's over the, the movement in New Zealand. I meet him for the first time. I'm the pastor at the, 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 the Nations Church. He's the pastor of Elam. He says, have I met you? No, no, I never met you, mate. No, 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 I've met you. We've, we've, we've met before, right? No, no, honestly, mate, I've never met you before. But I'm sure I have. No, no, look, I, I don't know you, mate. It was honest. We talked about a few places we've been, conferences we've been to. No, no connection. So he just, okay, I'm mistaken. Start to walk away. Hang on. Hang on, he said. 1982, Mount Monganui, New Year's Eve. Hunger, mate. Were you on our team? He said, no. He said, I was the guy in the crowd. We were the guys throwing bottles. We were the guys putting beer over your head. See, but I remember that day. And I looked at a guy that was crazy enough and mad enough to share his faith on a little white box. And that was the first time I realized that there was something in this thing. Christianity oh, man, there's a world awaiting us get over the discouragement Pentecost is coming and you're going to find that you speak the language of your workmates your friends your school friends you're going to open your mouth and someone's going to understand you and your heart will swell with joy your heart will swell with joy and you'll think oh, I, could, I could spend the rest of my life speaking to this group of people Father, I pray this morning. Lord, I'm praying for a fresh revival, a fresh harvest. Lord, I'm praying for a move of God that, Lord, perhaps in the past, and I, I'm, not, I'm not judging, but there's been moves of God and Christians have flocked to the building to experience a move. Lord, I pray that this next move of God, people in the building will flock to the lost and speak their language find signs and wonders and raise them from the dead and open blind eyes but, but not, not to strangers but to people that we love and that we speak the language and we give hope to and we bless and support. Lord I pray for a whole turnaround of the power and the presence of God so that every nation will be reached in our generation Lord I pray I pray. I know that there's a lot of Christians today that, that don't like talking about evangelism and mission and all that stuff because in the past we did it kind of weird. We knocked on doors and, and, and did weird stuff and stood on little white boxes in the middle of the street and, and had bottles thrown at us. Lord, I get all that. We're not, I just pray for an opportunity again to experience Pentecost and to speak the language of people that we love. Well, every head is bowed in this moment. Every, every head bowed, every eye closed. You might be here this morning. You don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. It, it may, you may have made the decision before. You may not have. You may be here for the first time. I don't mind. You just know that you're not in relationship with God. This is the most exciting day of history to be alive because God is doing a new thing. And it's time for you to make peace with God. It's time for you to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, to have eternal life. This is the moment. This is the day. 
to start living your destiny. And if you're here right now and you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, but you're prepared to say, you know what? I'm going to ask God to come into my life. I'm going to give him the opportunity. Then I want, while every head is bowed and every eye is closed, for you to raise your hand high enough for me to see it. I'm going to pray for you right where you're seated. Quickly, would you do that? Raise it high. Right over here. God bless you. God bless you. Somebody else. Raise your hand high. Down the back. God bless you. Somebody else. Raise your hand. Down the back over there. God bless you. Down the front here. God bless you. Somebody else. Raise your hand. You haven't raised it. Over there. God bless you. Somebody else. Somebody else. Would you just, just raise your hand and say, hey, Hey, I, I need to make my peace with God today. I want to be part. God bless you. I see your hand. Somebody else, just, just raise your hand. Look, I don't normally do this, but I want to do it today. I'm not going to ask you to come forward, but I'm going to ask you to raise your hand to stand to your feet because it's a bold move and people are going to see it. Somebody going, oh, look, I thought you already saved. Yeah, yeah, we get that too, but we're going to pray for you and really establish you in your faith. If you raise your hand, stand to your feet right where you are. God bless you. God bless you. Come on up there. Stand up. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Come on. There's a few more others down here in the front. Would you stand to your feet? Even if it's the rededication. It's so important because it's declaring publicly that you're giving your life to Jesus. One, two, three, four, five up the back. Over there's a hand going up. Come on, stand to your feet, mate. God bless you. Good on you. Down the front. Down the front here. Look, I, uh, there's a few more that, that raise your hand. Would you like to stand? You're going to get a gift. We're going to pray a prayer. If you're standing on your feet right now, you've been given a gift. This whole church is so excited about the decision you're making that they're going to pray this prayer with you with incredible energy and faith. And you're going to get so saved right now, I'm telling you. You're going to have your heart just get on fire for God. Your whole life and destiny is about to change. So let's pray this prayer. Pray it after me, really nice and loud. Dear Lord Jesus, I come before you today because I believe that you are the son of the living God, that you came to this place died on a cross for my sins that I might be forgiven and have eternal life I receive you today I repent of my sin I put it all behind me and from this day forward I will live for you in Jesus name everyone say it amen good on you guys God bless you Amazing, awesome. Everyone stand your feet. There's one more thing to do. Just stand your feet. Let me pray for you right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus, I believe that there is a day of Pentecost coming. And right now, I pray that you would put a tribe, a nation, a people, a community in the hearts of every person in this room. Lord, I believe that a moment is coming where there will be a fresh, a sound of heaven, where we will all be filled with the Holy Spirit and we'll all receive a language. But Lord, today, I pray that you would put the love of a tribe, the love of a people into every heart here in the name of Jesus. Lord, I pray that someone will get the language of the elderly. Someone will get the language of the refugee. Someone will get the language of prostitutes. Someone will get the language of the homeless. Someone will get the language of high school students and international students and children and solo mums. And Lord, all the different language in this city, Lord, let them be represented in this room right now as you impart a love and a seed for that nation in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you, Graham. Exciting, eh? I don't know if you if you noticed that uh, everything Graham said, we say, but we put different language around it. How do we say it? How did that go again? 
Oh, come on, that's pathetic. Thank you. Wherever, whenever, be like Jesus. That's right. That's right. I'm really, really excited about what God's doing. And I'm really excited. I could tell you, I won't tell you now, we've run out of time, but the, the connection with Graham is supernatural the way it's come about. The, even the guys he's working with in Australia, I know. How's that? And uh, so I'm pretty excited about that. Well, we're going to do two things. If you've RSVP'd for the volunteers' lunch, we're going to do that after the, the gathering here. It'd be fantastic to have you there um, to say thank you for a year well well earned. Thank you for the year that we've just had. We're also going to receive an offering right now, if the host could ready yourselves for that, because I really want to bless Graham for taking the time out to be with us this weekend. As you heard, he's not on salary or anything, and he's doing this by faith. And we want to make sure he's blessed. So if you could prepare yourself to give, that would be fine. It would be wonderful. Also want to remind you to be purposed in your giving, giving stations in the foyer. Thank you for your generosity. It's the way we can do what we do. Well, tonight, Graham is going to be with us at 6 p.m. And we'll be in the youth hall if we fit. And if we don't fit, we'll just come in here. Simple. But uh, we'll start off in the youth hall at, at least, and it's going to be a great night. I'm expecting, as Graham said, that we will experience, experience something of a move of God tonight. That uh, he really wants to, to pour his presence out on his people for the purpose of touching our world, which will be good. Well, as we finish, there's going to be a video inviting you to the Oscars. So let's watch that. Thanks. Have a great afternoon. this coming Friday. Thank you. Have a great afternoon. Can someone tell me where the lunch is? Is it in here or is it over at the park? I don't know what's happening outside. Is it sunny out there or is it too windy? I'm going to make a... Inside. Okay, it's inside. Decision made. Done. It's in here.
Great. If you're staying, wonderful. Have a great afternoon.